Hi, I'm Vincent Andrasani, and this is episode 40 of The Place of Sound. Thanks very much for tuning into this episode, and thanks also to those who've been following along with the last few episodes of the show. For those who are listening for the first time, The Place of Sound is a show that explores the theme of space, or the social geography, using sound and listening. We do so through a variety of audio media production formats, so you can expect to do a few different types of listening in a single show. Episodes consist of what we refer to as audio portraits, or oral history-style interviews that explore the topic of home. Soundscape compositions, which use everyday sounds to communicate the personal, and social significance of a given place. And we typically end the episode with a short documentary-style piece that explores the place-based identity of the producer. The aim with these projects is to allow the producer to think about the places that made them who they are today. These are the types of projects you can expect to hear on The Place of Sound, and all of them are produced by students here at Carleton University. They're what gets produced in comms 4501, digital media production, a fourth-year workshop course in the Communication and Media Studies program. But in this episode, we're going to do something a little different. This is the first of a three-part retrospective listen to the work that's been aired on The Place of Sound during 2022. We're gonna listen back to this work, one project type at a time. In this episode, we'll focus on the audio portrait, a genre of audio media production designed to represent an individual through a moment of storytelling. To produce an audio portrait, one begins with an interview. And in the case of these assignments, interviews explore the topic of home, an idea that most everyone has something to say about. The interviews last about 20 minutes, and in the original recordings, two voices are audible. The interviewer, who's asking the questions, and the interviewee, who of course responds to them. The interviews are then edited down into a two to three minute piece where the interviewer removes their own voice in order to arrive at a narrative that offers the illusion of a monologue. The aim is to develop a single, cohesive story using as much of the interview as necessary. The result is that the interviewee is framed so to speak, using sound in much the same way that a photographer might do using the photographic image. And we refer to this form of audio media production as the audio portrait. So in this episode, we'll feature some of the audio portraits that aired on The Place of Sound in 2022. We'll listen to six of them in total, and they are the following. Riley Dunn's Embracing Nationality, Finding Community. 
Sophie Marvel, Signs of Life. Ryan the Nomad by Emma Poole. Marika Vandermaiden's A Place That Feels Safe. Maddie McCready's Home. And A Journey Home by Danny Clayton. Each student will jump in to offer a quick introduction to their piece before we listen to it. I'll give you a sense of whose voice you'll be hearing and what the conversation is about. So without further ado, let's begin with a project by Riley Duns that was produced a couple of years ago now in the winter semester of 2021. The project is titled Embracing Nationality, Finding Community, and it features his aunt Clara, who migrated to Canada from Hungary in 1956. Riley, over to you. Hey CKCU listeners, my name is Riley Duns and I'm currently in my fourth year of the Honors Communications and Media Studies program here at Carleton. In this audio portrait, you'll hear from my special guest, my Aunt Clara, who discusses home and what it means for her. My aim for developing this audio piece was to produce a crisp and concise narrative, and as a final product, you'll learn Clara's historical sense of home through her stories that capture pivotal moments throughout her life. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and I hope you enjoy. By the time I was three, I had been in Hungary, where I was born. I had been in Austria. I'd been in Britain, in south of London, for six months, then in Ireland for about a month, and then was flown to Canada, to Edmonton, where we stayed in a refugee camp, and then finally to Vancouver. And my parents really kept the the cultural and the love of Hungary alive, like really within us. So they would always say to us, I have two younger sisters, and they would always say to us, girls, we speak Hungarian at home. <laughs> Although we were really speaking English most of the time. But um, so I grew up with all of the cultural, um, uh, sort of you know, all the events and what it what it means to be Hungarian living in, uh, you know, the Western world. So at times it was hard because it was a strict upbringing. Uh, but I knew that I really had this kind of like life that I knew about. And I had been to Hungary for the first time in my adult life in 68. So I was like 16 at the time. And I I couldn't describe it then and I can't, still can't really describe it now. But being there... You almost can't verbalize it. It's a feeling inside that you belong there, that this is me. It's a part of me. And everything made sense to me. Uh, when I moved to Ottawa, it was in 1979, and we were coming here for just one year. But we ain't, we're still here. <laughs> so I started going to Mass at a particular parish that was close to where we were living, and I'm still a member of that parish because it has really become my spiritual home. So I drive a lot farther to get there, but it's because I want to be there. Well, it's interesting. It's an interesting question because now we're living in COVID. We're not going to Mass now because, you know, there's no church services. But our parish has a Zoom, a Zoom Sunday liturgy, um, 
in which I participate. And I didn't think I would at first because I'm kind of an introvert, really not not a big extrovert. And um, but I'm there every Sunday and a lot of Sundays I'm contributing. Like I'm actually speaking and being part of the dialogue. So it's good. And I, I feel that it has really kept us up with the community of the parish. So I really do like that. And it's I'm still at home. I like it here and I like it at church. <laughs> so I'm not really missing that much. And of course, I am when when we have a chance. If we can get together with uh, friends, then of course, that makes it even better. Hi, my name is Sophie Marvel, and this is my audio portrait. For this interview, I interviewed my good friend, Kate Holtet, and he describes his life and how it has been influenced by moving around the world. He also describes how his idea of home has shaped him. My name is Kate Holtet, and I am half Korean, half Canadian, and technically, I would say I'm from Winnipeg because I was born there. However, I did not grow up there. I didn't really grow up in one place. I grew up like everywhere because my parents were international school teachers, meaning they traveled from school to school often, um, usually international schools in different countries. So I grew up in like nine different countries, technically, or around eight or nine. It's... I think it really has affected who I am Um, because I don't have necessarily like any, like, you know, those scenes in Friends or something where the old family home is being sold and everyone's like sad and they're looking through things like, oh, this we had so many memories and things like that. Like that's more what I can't relate to because, you know, like, I'm just like, hey, we're moving again. Okay in like a year but like even now since i've been in ottawa i've moved like i i'm moving like four times in four years right um but i i do think it has really heavily affected me because it's i've i didn't i don't feel an emotional connection to like the idea of home but i've lived in a lot of homes i've had a lot of homes in a lot of different places and it's been a very different experience each time like adapting to the environment that I'm in and like making it a home you know what I mean like last week I had the realization that like I was I wasn't feeling well I was like feeling really anxious for some reason and I was laying in my bed I was like being it felt like I was being eaten alive by the thoughts that I was having and I couldn't get out of the like mental loop in my head until randomly my door opened and Tyler came like my roommate um came up to my room and asked me if i wanted food and my brother also was there and he left the door open but when he went back downstairs i could smell like food being cooked and i could hear the pan going and i could hear his music from his phone playing quietly and like the soft orange light from my um from the hallway And I remember as soon as I could smell, like, the food being cooked, the music, and, like, signs of life in the house I was living in, I snapped right out of, like, the anxiety loop. And it felt, it felt like I wasn't alone. And I guess that's what made me feel like I was at home, 
where it, it, the house wasn't empty. It wasn't like a shell. It was like people were doing things, but not just for themselves, for to take care of the other people around them. Like he knew I wasn't feeling well. So he came up and offered to make me food. And it just made me miss my being at home with my parents a lot and having like the safety of being taken care of. And um, yeah, like signs of life, you know, like music and soft orange lights for some reason specifically. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Emma Poole. I am a fourth year communications and media studies student at Carleton University. Um, I just want to say, hey, welcome. Welcome to my space. I'm so glad you're here. I have a very special project that I want to share with you today. Why is it so special, you may ask? Well, it's special because I recorded it with one of my dearest friends, Ryan, and we explore the topic, a very intimate topic, I should say, of home. For him, um, home is rather hard to quantify because it's forever changing and evolving. I think that Ryan has a very unique perspective on this topic, so without further ado, here's my audio portrait presentation with my best friend Ryan. Hi, my name is Ryan Ui, or uh, my parents like to call me Zuhan since that was my uh, given name. I was born and raised in Malaysia in a town called Kota Kemuning in a state of Selangor where you probably wouldn't know where that is. I've lived there for the past 20 years of my life, or actually the first 20 years of my life, um, before moving halfway across the world to Ottawa in the fall of 2018. And ever since I got here, I've been living in multiple places. So I've always been moving around the city um, through multiple leases and through various locations. But when I think of home, I think, wow, that's like a, that's a really hard one. Call like one place home. It's going to be really dishonest for me and to you. But more importantly, me, because that would just wouldn't define me. Because I really much would consider Ottawa and Malaysia both like very important places I would call home. Malaysia was pretty much where it all started, right? It was where I was like raised. It was where I was taught to to be, to act, to react. Um, but also by being away from that place, by being in Ottawa, it really has allowed me to express myself. And I really feel a lot more comfortable in my own skin, talking the way I am and having the, the, the hair I want to have without being past judgment on, you know? Um, and I think that's really uh, important and apparent because I'm really away from the cultural and religious oppression and bias that, and that I've been raised with. I would also con consider like Ottawa like a, like a more home as well because due to like the deeper connections, uh, social connections that I've made through like the people and friends and the community here in Ottawa. Um, but I think like when most people think of home, they think of like, well, like a person, you know, their parents or like a place, their hometown or like their dog, like something that's really like, they really tether themselves to something they really relate to. But I think for me, living this um, very nomadic lifestyle has allowed me um, to call multiple places home. And that's what I think has defined me so far. And that's something that I, that I choose to accept and not really let go of, and I'm really proud of. I think as of right now, I would really say, in the most basic sense, home is where, you know, where there's a roof over my head, where there's uh, food on the table for me to eat. And I think most importantly, people don't admit it, but at the end of the day, having a comfortable place to take a really comfortable dump in, which is what where I would really call home. 
And I guess on a deeper level, home is really where I surround myself with people that, you know, I'm interested in or people that I want to get to know more or people that I really care about. Um, and that, that, that extends to like friends and family and I think the deeper connections within. I really can't, you know, give you a definition, like, like a very conventional or, you know, a typical definition of what or where home is. But I think for me, being able to share a space and a moment with someone that I intentionally want to be with is a place where I would call home. And I think that's important to me. Hello, wonderful humans. My name is Marika Vondermannen, and I'm a fourth-year student at Carleton University. If you're listening to this, then you're about to hear my audio portrait. This was a project I did exploring the concept of home with my very good friend and roommate, Andrew. We explore the meaning of home, home as a place, home as a space, home as good people. So without further ado, here is Andrew on how the journey home is exploring who you are, forging who you might be, and finding the love and security that allow us to be free. My definition of home, I think, very loosely would be a place that feels safe. It's somewhere where you actually feel free. Growing up, home was somewhere that was very safe because I would feel very, very comfortable and very at ease there. That almost familial level of non-expectation of like, you can be whoever you are going to be or however you're feeling, and there's still love and support here. My current living situation has a lot of that, I feel. The, uh, the times where we all get together and like, you know, have fun hanging out in the living room or something, or go out for a walk or something like that, or make food, you know, um, I really feel able to just sort of, you know, roll into the living room and whatever's going on, sit down and just feeling whatever I'm feeling and for that to be okay and to be comfortable around the other people enough to even want to share that. I think if you don't have a, a fixed home like that, you tend to seek where you can find those kinds of feelings of safety and security, even unconsciously. Um, and I think in doing that, you gravitate towards the things about your identity that will bring you that feeling that you haven't discovered yet. And I think that is a really important aspect of home is having people around that allow you to feel safe showing up however you're feeling also results in, you know, feeling safe enough to explore how you might be and, and who you might be instead of uh, having to feel that you have to perform any kind of way. Which is actually, not to get too conceptual, but I think um, talking about home, you also, I feel, really have to talk about the departure from home. Um, almost the whole idea of the hero's journey, right? You have to leave home to kind of have these adventures and trials and tribulations and, and figure out who you are and then the most important element of that whole archetype and I think of our lives in a lot of ways is the, is the idea of the return home. You return home changed and it doesn't have to be the same home that you left from either but um, for every home there is also that which is not home and I think that is equally important in kind of forging who you are. Home is a very powerful concept. Just speaking the word home to people can, I think, have like a, a powerful reaction. I think there is a part of us, and again, I think this kind of goes back to the hero's journey of like, I think people just want to go home a lot of the time. I think people want that safety. My favorite quote, actually, like of all time, um, by Ram Das, is uh, when describing life, 
he says, we're all just walking each other home. Uh, I think there is something profound about the way that we all just want that security and love and, and ability to be who we are. Hi, my name is Maddie McCready, and for my audio portrait, I had a chat with my dad, Dave McCready, about what home means to him. He talks about his home as someone who grew up all over the globe and what cooking means to him now that he has a permanent home here in Ottawa. We live in so many houses that home was always sort of home base in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I went to high school in Austria and I lived there, but it was never really home. Home was always home base, wherever my parents were living. I lived with my sister in Austria, but home was wherever she was, wherever we were all together, and the family made the home more than the location. Our home in Saudi Arabia was, it was, it was a villa. It was concrete walls, concrete fences, and buildings. It was very flat and not very appealing to look at, but I loved that place. I shared the house with, uh, with my parents, obviously, and my twin sister. The next home was after Saudi Arabia was back in Ottawa and my sister and I had moved back here to finish school and to go to Carleton and we shared a house there that was sort of the, the center for all of our friends to come and hang out in and it was it was our home. It was always full of fun and all our friends were coming and going and if it wasn't my friends, it was my sister's friends. At that point, my parents started coming and visiting us from Saudi Arabia rather than us going there. Every night we like to cook dinner and whoever's here, we gather around the counter and we all have chats and we cook and that makes me feel like home. My favorite thing to cook is actually pho. While we're chopping up all the, the fresh ingredients, we'd make a, a broth and that has to simmer for a long time to come together and I really enjoy making that. When you guys were young, we had a little bit of help. You guys would help cut carrots and things like that. And, and that was uh, also made me feel like very much like it was home. I just value that time cooking for everybody. It's rewarding for me to, to have sit down meals. Whenever whoever's around, we always sit down to eat, not eat on the run and in front of the TV and everything. So I feel like a kitchen to me is the center of our entertainment, the center of our family. It's, it's what grounds a home. I miss this house very much because we don't get to see you guys very much but you know as your days get busier and your lives get busier we spend more time at the cottage and and that's becoming a you know more of a second home and we do start to cook there more and hang out but definitely not the home i'm looking for without you guys there all the time hey my name is danny and this is my audio portrait for this project i decided to interview my uncle greg he is a ball of sunshine personified and always fills a room with smiles. In this audio composition, we were able to go back to his roots and uncover the exciting yet arduous path that led him here to Ottawa. Without further ado, here is his story. My name is Greg Samuel. I grew up in a place called Rio Claro, Trinidad. It's sort of a central location in the island. And I actually went to school in Port of Spain, Trinidad, which is the capital city. Um, I spent about four years there in high school. Uh, my favorite memory from my childhood was definitely um, roaming the bushes for fruits, hunting for fruits, catching birds and fishing. 
those were my main activities. Mm. There was quite a variety of really good meals, but I would have to say stewed chicken would probably be my favorite, followed by fried fish. And the reason why fried fish is because it um, uh, it releases a really loud aroma. So when we were coming from school as kids, we can smell our dinner cooking around the corner. Well, I had to grow up real fast when I came to Canada because I came at the age of 18 with no work experience and things like that. So it was just a learning process from the day I landed here, you know. In Ottawa, cold, <laughs> uh, lots of snow, huge buildings, you know, compared to the place I came from, the tallest building was probably about maybe six, six, seven stories. So seeing a real train was also an eye-opener. The big trucks, the huge land masks, the wide and busy roads, and the diversity and different accents of the people. It was always fascinating. A lot to take in at once. I had to grow up real fast. I first stayed with my sister for about three months, and after I was able to land a, you know, a job to help myself. And that job took me to Mississauga, Ontario. So three months in Canada, I was on my own. And it all started from the ground up. Work, food, and, uh, and a shelter over my head was my main goal. You know, on a daily basis as well as, uh, you know, on a, on a long-term basis. It was just the number one priority to, to, to do well. Be capable of, you know, taking care of your family, wife, kids. I'm very proud to share my culture with my family. I'm even happier to see some of it is being adopted by my sons. Uh, one of my sons is even playing the steel band. Invented in Trinidad, it is known to be the only musical instrument invented in the 21st century. It is our national instrument. So yes, I'm very proud to see, you know, they uh, adopting parts of it. Uh, my home is always warm and comfortable, filled with the aromas of Canadian or West Indian cooking, along with a good glass of wine and great music of all kinds. Uh, just a lot of good times. Now that I'm a proud Canadian, and all my family is Canadians, including my only grandson, Phoenix. I truly feel like a visitor. When I returned to Trinidad, we left as kids and returned as men. Your childhood friends have moved on. And some have some responsibility as you, and the new youths are playing different games. It's only when meeting family do you feel the past a little more, and uh, only then does the memory really kick in. Thanks very much for tuning in to this episode of The Place of Sound. But before I sign off, a couple of quick notes. A reminder that what we've listened to here in this episode is only a fraction of the work produced in association with this project. If you're interested in checking out more, have a look at theplaceofsound.ca, where you're not only able to hear more audio media, but in some cases, to see some of the original photos and the writing that students produce to go along with it. There's also a featured work section on the site's blog where you can access some notable individual projects. And in the classes section, you can have a look at some of the work produced in each of the previous semesters. And lastly, under the listen link, you're able to access the show's archive and listen back to any episode of the show that you'd like to hear. But in the meantime, keep your ear out for upcoming episodes of the show. 
Vajer on CKCU Radio every other Monday at 6.30 p.m. and are available wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Place of Sound.